Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This podcast series was created in collaboration with the Great Escape Festival, the festival for new music. The Great Escape is a three-day music festival in Brighton which kicks off this year's UK festival season. It is renowned for highlighting emerging artists and for showcasing new music. And this year is no exception with over 450 incredible up-and-coming artists from all over the world on the lineup. The Great Escape will be running from the 11th to the 14th of May 2022 across 35 venues all within walking distance of one another. In this collaborative podcast series, I'll be interviewing four key artists from the lineup and discussing their past, present and future and the music that binds those experiences. See you in Brighton. You're listening to the Vocal Girls podcast with me, Megan Gray. This week, I'm speaking to singer-songwriter Rachel Chinaruri. Remember, I always love you. After recording some songs on a budget mic and her mum's laptop, age 17, Rachel released her first EP, Bedroom Tales, on SoundCloud. Fast forward six years and she signed a record deal with Parlophone, had her music shared by her personal idols, Coldplay, and most recently bagged a hottest record on Clara Ampho's show on Radio 1 with her latest single, All I Ever Asked. Rachel's sound is delicate, soothing and layered. Her lyrics touch on relationship struggles and personal darkness, but her vocals feel bright and sincere. Her acoustic version of her song, So My Darling, has been streamed almost 10 million times, and if you've heard it, it's easy to understand why. I had such a lovely chat with Rachel a few weeks back. Amongst other things, we discussed her stage fright, why she decided to speak out against unconscious bias in the industry, and what we can expect from incoming new music. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How's your week been? My week has been very, very fun. I finished off my EP almost. Just gonna do the finishing touches. Oh, so exciting! Uh, yeah, very exciting. Um, got a busy week, but I like being busy. Yeah. Very yeah. grateful to be busy after the pandemic. Oh God, yeah. I mean, you're just telling me how good you are at early morning. Yes. Something I'm very envious. Of. I love an early morning, and my rabbit as well. I just go to my rabbit and give. <laughs> Oh, you've got a rabbit. I'm so jealous. She loves early mornings as well. What's her name? Storm. Storm. Yeah, so she brings me my early morning joy. I used to have a rabbit called Floppy. Oh, (laughs) they like it. Did it have the ears that went down? Yeah, it was like one of those massive French lops. Oh, you got the big big ones. Yeah, and it was bigger than my dog and it used to like chase my my dog around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my one's ears are just like straight like that. Oh, so sweet. Very cute. So it's you and your rabbit taking on the world. Me and my rabbit taking on the whole world. Do you take the rabbit to the studio? She doesn't like anything apart from her house. Fair enough. We've like made her, I can show you the house, well obviously people can't see the house, but she has got Instagram. Um, But she has the most, (laughs) following that Instagram. She has like the best house ever and she's extremely spoiled and I spent a lot of money on her. Like she's got like a little lava lamp and a little, Oh my God, she's got a lava lamp. She's got a lava lamp. I've, I've still not got a lava that's on being on my wish list for like years she is incredibly spoiled but i'll probably scroll and find the picture at some point and and show you but yeah 
I well, love I love my baby storm. I feel like I could talk to you for this full hour about your rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like She's we should talk about your EP. But my manager will listen and be like, stop talking about the rabbit. <laughs> But tell me about the EP. What what, what yes. can we talk about? Um, so the EP. Um, I got out of a five-year relationship like seven months ago. Yeah, and don't worry, like, I'm actually really happy and very productive. Life is going great. It's it's all good. Everyone's the old always five-year. I've had yeah, one of those. The, a five-year. <laughs> yeah. It's either like three years. You're like right. I'll be doing this, and then five years is like right. If we go past five, probably going to ten. So <laughs> yeah. we need to. It's make or break at yeah. this point. Yeah. It's either now or never. And I was like, nope. Um, and it's formulated some fantastic songs. Um, and this dog. EP is, um, I'm currently calling it Better Off Without. Um, but it's just kind of like a, not an apology because I broke up with him. But it's kind of like just m- me expressing how I feel and how kind of disappointed I was. But also being aware that he was in a really fragile state. And mm. I broke his heart in a very fragile state so yeah. it's kind of like the combination of the two and it's like we're both better off without each other because it was just a it was yeah. just gonna end up really awful wow and so are the songs all kind of throughout different stages of you healing from that or are they kind of right mm. in the heart of it i think the songs kind of it wasn't even a consciously made decision for the songs to all replicate exactly what i'm going through right now but they've just subconsciously have been like the first song all i ever asked which is out it was a time where i wrote that before i'd broken up with him but i was kind of like kind of begging for him to give me some respect Mm. and then my best friend got broken up with during the session and then i was like right i'm just gonna not pretend it was me but use i've can you I empathise with the people mm. a lot so I can take on what they feel and like write about it um, and that's essentially what I did for that and then the next one's like happy ending and it was like I was robbed of a happy ending basically and mm. then the next one's better off without where it's like forget you I'm now realising everything and then the last one is like I'm so sorry it's ended like this so it's like wow so you got the full per- journey I've got the full journey subconsciously without even trying to get the full journey that's amazing but I've got it so I can't wait. I'm so yeah, excited. I can probably show you secretly. Yeah, please do. We won't tell All I ever ask is amazing. I can't Thank stop you. listening to it. I've literally got it on my light songs at the top. On repeat, on repeat. Hey, Thank so you. So good. How's the reaction been to that? Uh, I am shocked. I am shook. <laughs> Shooketh. Um, I'm terrified, actually. I think um, because my numbers have gone up extremely drastically mm. in the space of like three months. Um, thanks which is obviously like it's a good thing but I'm also like "Ah, where did everyone come from and you kind of like you never really have pressure to do anything but even with this project with this song I didn't have much pressure from my team or my label they're so lovely but then the reaction it's received is like hottest record in the world by like Clara Ampha I was like that was amazing I screamed I was like and I jumped on my bed or with my shoes on I had to change my covers I was like ah crap I was too excited but um but yeah I was just screaming with joy with my best friend fully deserve those it's fucking cute thank you (laughs) oh it's so exciting so yeah it's very exciting and now everyone who's coming to listen I'm trying to keep them I'm like please stay I'm like stay please just a little more time said about being more pressure now because it's always kind of like a double-edged sword isn't it mm-hmm. like i'm so glad everyone's come but now it's yeah. like oh my god mm-hmm. do you get 
do you get anxious before you release stuff um i feel like now i don't because as there you hear different sides to the industry and i'm i feel very fortunate mm. i'm on the really good side i have a great relationship with labels i've always had That's great so relationship with labels and it's because my manager um i had one manager before but it's now imagine managing company so my manager duncan ellis who discovered me um has always been i don't say protective but he's always been like you know Mm. be kind be true to yourself he's only ever asked me to be true to myself and then now my manager amber who's also been my best friend since i was 16 she knows me to a t and as my day-to-day manager it's like she will protect me not just as a manager but as her friend and she, so she's got your like, so she's full best interest full best interest yeah. is always completely upfront and honest with That's anything so and anyone and she's also super bubbly and like just a, if she was to walk in here it would just be an explosion of oh my gosh hey <laughs> so it's just keeping that energy kind of attract yeah the energy um that you give out and i think with the pressure my team don't really pressure me because my team are almost all like like me and amber and duncan yeah. that everyone's just very like woohoo try your best that's your such best. a nice space to be in yeah like you really kind of get what you give as yeah. you're saying from other people and it's not like i have like a massive deal it's not like uh, there's like loads of like money up for like thing i'm mm. kind of very grateful that's not the case because obviously the pressure level would be very different but yeah. it's very like be yourself see how it goes and even if it doesn't go money wise the greatest everyone is still like do your music and be great and that's what you should be doing music for absolutely that sounds like the perfect team it's like it's literally it's terrifying how um great the team is i'm literally going into the (laughs) label today it's terrifying because you hear so many things like the industry is this and i'm sitting there like what i can't relate i'm like not not sure about that but you know stay safe (laughs) let's stay safe So you picked some music for me. Oh my gosh, I did. Thank I you did. for doing that. So what did you pick for your past song? Oh gosh, memory. I picked, a, was it Sweater Weather by That's The it. Neighbourhood? Because I saw um, a post saying that it's been 10 years since Sweater Weather. And I remember when that song came out, I was skateboarding because I thought I was a skater girl when I was like 13. <laughs> skateboarding in the summer, carefree, no bills to pay, no rent to pay, living my best life. And I played that song like non-stop <laughs> and obviously it's, it's like dark kind yeah, of and yeah. i love a dark song i love like dark undertones to things so i was just like you know what this is a great song because this is literally what my mood was from the age of 13 till i was about now so, <laughs> it was about now so um yeah it's just i just love that song yeah because it sounds kind of upbeat but it's quite dark mm-hmm. isn't it i love that feeling it's just like I love it. So I much. feel like this was me with Nickelback. Really? You know, like rock star. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I literally sat up with my um, Sony Ericsson, <laughs> playing it out loud on my steps at home, and I was like, "I'm going to learn every word that everyone can go cool." When you're so young, you have so much spare time. I was sitting there like, "Yes, I know." Listening to Sweat Weather in reverse, listening to it in Chickmunk voice, listening to it in <laughs> slow motion. I was listening to every variation of that song that i, I feel could like find. you should release like one of your records in all <laughs> in, those versions yeah, literally i'm like maybe i gotta do a reverse project or a slow down project <laughs> maybe that's what it needs there's something about like being sort of just turning into a teenager like around the age of kind of like 13 mm-hmm. and it being so i feel like it's a really pivotal time it's yeah 
because you game think changer. you're an adult but you're very much still a child but you're like i'm so grown up yeah and you're kind of like i want to be grown i'm better than you yeah it's like i'm a grown-up and i do real things like exams and gcse's like why are people not taking me seriously why are people not taking me serious and then my mum used to always be like don't strive to grow up quickly just be childish oh. and a child for as long as possible. You've got the rest of your life to be a kid. And I was like, shut up, mom. Well, I didn't say shut up. But then now I'm an adult and I'm like, I wish I had I all that time. Oh, I yeah. should have not taken school that seriously either, personally. I was taking it so seriously. Oh, really? <laughs> I was super serious. I was like um, a goody two-shoes yeah. and like had the longest tie ever <laughs> and everything. And then... I hit like about this age and I was like I'm an adult and he just didn't talk to me like a child <laughs> yeah. so I literally got in so much trouble because I was so sassy <laughs> I was goody two shoes but I moved schools when I was like 13 14 mm. so um when I moved to my next school that school the kids in there were so naughty like oh really they were really naughty and I was like kind of this goody two shoes but then I kind of got away with everything because the teachers were not focused on me they were already got all the naughty kids in their batch bigger problems Uh, yeah they had bigger fish to fry (laughs) and I'll just be like whatever still got my good grades but whatever so I kind of got away with it paid off paid Paid off off. look where you are exactly look where I am now sat next to me (laughs) we're together exactly did you kind of know around that time when you're listening to the neighborhood this is kind of what you wanted to do I think secretly I kind of want knew that I wanted it to be like my career but I was had no confidence the only reason I chose to go Brit school because if you saw me when I was like even 16, 17, I was so shy. Like I was. Yeah, Reggie had really bad stage fright. I had awful stage fright. Even when I was like, there was a gig I did when I was like 19, 20 for Celeste in Lalo. Mm. And I had a full blown panic attack. Like, oh, no. full blown. And I'm sitting in Celeste's room and Celeste is just like, no, 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 no. Living <laughs> my best life. She's just like, yeah, just like, you know, might have a drink, have a little buzz. And I'm like, yeah. like on her bed in How did, fits how did of you get tears. through that? thing is the gig wasn't even that serious like all our friends were there yeah i was just getting so in my head i was like i'm gonna forget the words and my manager was like it's literally all your friends like what are you Mm. doing and then i went downstairs he don't say what you're doing but i went downstairs and as soon as i got on stage obviously all my friends knew i was having a panic attack and as soon as i went on there they were all like oh that's so nice do you think it's scarier though performing in front of a load of people you know like is there more pressure in that i feel like it's more fun is it more fun okay. now it's more fun before no but now because when you're on stage it's kind of like you have to kind of suss out what kind of crowd you're gonna get especially mm. if it's not your own show if it's your own show you know everyone's gonna listen yeah. and, but when it's not your own show you've got to figure out what's going on and i think people underestimate how much human interaction actually really mm. helps an artist on stage like if you're on stage and you're looking at someone and i've had people who are like hey and then in the middle i'm like <laughs> Or like someone will sing along and be like, yes, and you're like, okay, right, I'm doing all right. When everyone goes silent, I know you're listening, but sometimes I'm like, people like this, or yeah, like, what's going on? It's funny, I was at a gig recently, and, and the the crowd went completely silent. Mm-hmm. But that I think that was, well, from my perspective anyway, it was like the ultimate compliment to the artist, because it was mm-hmm. so beautiful that everyone wanted to be mm-hmm. dead silent. Yeah. Like, there was no talking. Yeah. But I can imagine, if you're an artist, yeah. like, the artist on stage was like, is everyone okay? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's because it's not that it's rare. No, actually, I lied. Yeah, it is rare to have a mm. s- silent 
crowd like sometimes you, could, you know the first half or the first three quarters will be yeah. quiet but the back is always like where yeah, the yeah, drinks yeah, yeah. the bars whatever and then you know we've all been to gigs where you're at the back of a bar and you're like trying to talk but everyone's loud so you're like hey yeah, yeah. how are you and you don't realize you're contributing to the loudness and then it just which gets is louder and lo- yeah. yeah so so you don't really realize but then when it's like actually dead silent it's like right people either hate this or they're having a great time and i can't figure it out <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. who knows just who gotta knows? hope for the best just gotta hope for the best usually it's everyone's loving it but yeah when you do get them silent parts it's like everyone good so yeah so how did you get through the the stage fright and that lack of confidence? um i had to tell myself to get a fucking grip I'm not gonna <laughs> lie i had to be like um rachel people are paying to come and see you people also spending time and effort to come and see you as well stop loitering about and mm. being silly all this getting on stage late and stuff it's n- not necessary um and also people wouldn't be investing money into me if they did not think i was worth it like i knew yeah. when i wasn't getting money put into me i would wish that someone would and now i'm getting it and i'm now standing backstage going like yeah no if i want this to continue i need to fix up so i had to just be like get a grip get on stage no one's judging you it's it's very rare you mess up on stage and people are like, oh, that's all. That is, it's so rare. You see it on the internet, but it's so yeah, heightened yeah. when it happens to like celebs and stuff. Like, yeah. but in, in general, it just doesn't really, in real life, it's really not that bad. Yeah. Um, I know you did um, musical theatre at Bridge yeah. School. Was mm-hmm. there a reason that you chose that? Was that kind of to bring you out of your yeah. comfort zone? Literally, it was to bring me out of my comfort zone. And also, I did music GCSE. Right. And I am awful when it comes to reading, um, reading music, ex- like knowledge stain in my brain. Mm. I, I just suck. So music theory, I hated it. And by the time I was applying for it, I was like, I actually hate music theory so much <laughs> that I cannot stand doing even thinking of doing it for two years and when I went to the open day they were like so if you want to come here to perform in the music strand um don't because it's 80% theory if you want to perform go to musical theatre and I was like bye and she walked straight out <laughs> of the thing I, I was like mum let's go walked straight out and went to musical theatre and they just perform all the time so nice. I was like if I need to get over my stage fright I'm gonna have to force myself so yeah how did that how did that go first day in um i cried singing somewhere over the rainbow in front of my class i literally was like singing it and then i just burst into tears and my brain was just like how did people Um, react well the classmates started singing along with me and they were going look i know rachel and i was like this is so embarrassing and my teacher was just like okay you know we understand everyone's shy but let's not do that again let's um (laughs) you got to keep up the pace here next week you come back better so it's kind of like you're forced to do it so you yeah. by the second year everyone is so comfortable even if you mess up it's like oh sorry carry yeah, on yeah, yeah. and no, literally the kids in musical theatre no one's looking at you like no oh, you can't sing or, or like it wasn't like that at all if for me really supportive so super super supportive That's especially so nice. especially my year the 2015 to 2017 year it, they were just so supportive and you could literally go to anyone and be like hey could you hear me listen to me sing this song and give me notes and they'll like, genuinely this is the notes we're gonna get that's so lovely so it's it like was proper community it was proper community and um you know there were some kids who musical theater was their life so they're a bit more competitive mm. but my friends we kind of didn't care that yeah, much so we didn't not that we didn't care we cared about what we're doing, but because musical theatre, we knew it wasn't our destiny. Yeah. 
we don't have that extra pressure like if we don't do this we won't make it so yeah yeah it's we, almost like it was like a way to kind of bring mm-hmm. you out of your shell and get you comfortable. get our skills and yeah. yeah musical honestly the training they do just to even be musical theater performers i, I give them so much respect after the training wow. we did it's it's ridiculous it's it's yeah it's incredible and then i was a great performer then the pandemic happened so i had to start that again <laughs> <laughs> oh bless you straight straight back to stage yeah. right um, went, went straight back to stage right <laughs> getting through it now getting through it now now i'm just i find it fun now i'm just like Wee. that's good that's i find good. i find it a lot of fun and i've got my music and we've done so many rehearsals and my band like my best friend so even if i was to have a breakdown my band would definitely you got it sounds like you got all the right people around I you i've got a solid group <laughs> i've got a pretty solid bunch of people that's great when you were at brit school you i read that you bought a 20 pound mic yeah and recorded with my bursary songs. i know the bursary is meant to go to education <laughs> but i did buy a microphone well it sounds like um, it, it worked it's worked out yeah you know musical theater supporting me thanks guys um but you get like a hundred pound bursary or something and you spend it on you know uh like dance clothes you know your dance tights and your whatever you need to get for school i bought musical equipment um and it's because i just wanted to record some things in my room and then i made an ep called bedroom tales and i'd steal my mum's laptop all the time and it honestly the sound quality was horrific but it made it to radio so i was like okay very good i was like this is all good um but yes it's funny because i used that awful quality microphone and since being in the industry the microphones i like to use are the cheapest microphones that they have oh really yeah it's always like a little tube like it kind of looks like a pencil yeah and you can like put it in a drum kit like the drum kit mics or those like super cheap ones and i'd always be like i could use one of these mics and sometimes producers are like funny and i'm like no i'm being no but it is funny isn't it how like (laughs) yeah I was talking to I had Joseph on the podcast and we were talking about this and he yeah, said Joseph. he's oh, great he's so lovely he's so lovely um, but he was saying that he when he started recording music he just like did it in his room with like no soundproofing yeah and people loved it and yeah. he was just like if people watch me actually do this like, <laughs> yeah. literally it's like with so my darling we like I had an original version of it and we produced it up and you know went like four years ago we really produced it up and then I made a sound on TikTok which was like literally with my iPhone headphones singing into it which is funny because it's kind of how I recorded the original version yeah, yeah, before yeah. we produced that and TikTok loved it and I was like oh but I need to work on it and they were like no as rough it is it as it is here we want exactly that and we just recorded it super rough super quick and it's my my stream song wow so, so yeah because yeah, you released the acoustic version yeah of that, didn't you? released um an acoustic version and people were loving it and to me sound quality is i mean it's obviously no, good I love it. but it's i'm so like good. to me i'm listening to it and i'm like there's so many things i would have done different but everyone is like we love it no, people like that kind of the roughness the rawness and you when you first recorded so my darling um you for the video you got like lots of your mates to record mm-hmm bits of yeah i got all my friends to send like videos of them saying um they loved someone even the original song there's like voice notes through the there's still even the original original demo on soundcloud of so my darling and you can hear all the voice notes um 
in it and I just got my friends to send voice notes saying they loved someone and stuff and then for the video I got people to send me videos of them doing the same thing and just montaged it what was what was it like getting all that footage back that must have been uh, really emotional I cried yeah I a lot <laughs> I was, the girl was tearing um <laughs> well I, was, I got really emotional yeah. watching the video and that's just the small Aww. clips of it, I so cried I watching like... the video back as well I'm not gonna lie yeah I can be emotional um, and yeah, even receiving the voice notes and the clips, I think it's because originally I was like, it's going to be like happy, like we mm. love each other and then people were like, can I say I love you to like my grandma and can I say I love you to like my brother and can I say this and I was just like, yeah, of course you can and then by the end of it, it was like, yeah, it was really sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is not giving the joyful love that I thought it was going to be but then I was like who puts a limit on love it's like you can still love people you've lost and still be happy like someone can die and you can still love them and remember how incredible their life is like i know death is sad but the life you have and what you do with the life that you are given is what is incredible and you should be able to laugh about it and joke about it and still miss them and be proud of those people so. yeah exactly so yeah my auntie always tells me that there was a funeral of my great aunt and like apparently the whole way through the funeral everyone was just pissing themselves laughing because <laughs> the, the vicar said can everyone just like have a think of a moment about auntie Olive? and apparently everyone was just like in stitches and like crying with laughter because she was so funny oh, and i feel like that's how it should be yeah and, and but what you're saying about the song like I guess that's the thing with music people will interpret it mm-hmm. the way that they kind of want to and and some people will feel like it's like a really loving song yeah. towards a friend or mm-hmm. some people will be like this makes me think about a loved one that I've lost it's yeah. just, but that's the power in what you've created yeah. oh, thank you girl <laughs> thank you memories I hope you love me too And my heart beats Stuck in the days of our thoughts it's so strange I, I kind of love it it's weird because you make it by yourself and you're like oh this is fun and then you put it on the internet and my brain doesn't correlate numbers as real people for some reason mm. and then when you see real people in real life and they're like I love your stuff it's like you've listened yeah. to the, the thing I put for everyone to listen to what's going on yeah. it's a little bit scary it's amazing bit, though it's amazing but it's a little bit scary like when you go to gigs and you're like oh my gosh these numbers are actually real human beings it's really strange I know that is a thing though isn't it yeah like that's I mean that's what like journalists have to do in terms of like when you say numbers people just it doesn't have an impact so you have to describe it when I was at uni we were taught to describe it as the amount of people that would fill a football pitch or something or like when you're trying to describe something small the size of a packet of crisps because otherwise people are just like you don't get it yeah literally (laughs) you don't get it at all and then when it's like oh you've sold out this way even if it's like 300 people and then you look at a 300 space venue it's like yeah and like when you think Mm. of 300 you're like oh that's a small amount and then you see it and you're like okay that's pretty big so then when you hear like a thousand people it's like oh i need a thousand people have listened and then you see it and you're like whoa yeah that's that's a lot of people (laughs) so yeah yeah it must be mad i would be like oh my god (laughs) especially when you see like festivals and gigs like it's it's insane when you see the amount of people in the room it's like whoa it's mental I don't think I think I would just be like bye <laughs> peace out yeah 
done. Discipline. I know you've talked a lot before about being yes. a big daughter fan oh and Coldplay fan. Coldplay, I will absolutely marry every single one of them. <laughs> every single one. I know my manager's going to be like, Rachel, don't say that. I will say it because I will. Just waiting on those proposals. I'm just waiting. Guy Berryman, I'm coming for you. Chris Martin, Will Champion, Johnny Buckland, all of you, I'm coming for you. And Phil, manager. I'm coming for all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Yeah. You heard it here. Is this your proposal? You heard it. This is my proposal okay. to them to marry me as a collective group. We'll get it sent. Yeah. We'll, we'll get it sent through. <laughs> see what they say. Um, I'm sure hopefully at least one of them out of the five will be all right. But, yeah. We can, make know, it we, we can make it happen. Didn't Coldplay tweet your music? Oh my God. <laughs> don't even get me started because I literally had a breakdown on the train because... Someone sent me a screenshot because Chris Martin must have written it on notes. Like, these are my favourite songs. And it said, so my darling, it was Coldplay. And a girl sent me a DM of it, but her DM looks like being pixelated and stuff. So I was just like, this is fake. (laughs) And then I went onto their page and it wasn't the front screenshot. So I was just like, oh, it's not on their page. Must be fake. This must be a different thing. And then gradually people started being like, oh, congratulations. And I was like maybe something's happened like but i'll just be like oh thank you thanks and then someone tagged me on the post and then when i swiped and saw it literally on the train back home i got up i was like oh my god and then everyone looked at me on the train and then yeah and then i really squash your moment literally they tried to ruin my my limelight (laughs) (laughs) i literally was like oh my god and i sat down i was and i was like crying and I was thinking, people on the train must think I'm actually crazy. And then I called my mum. I was like, mum. She's like, what, what? And I was like, Coldplay said that. They like, so my darling. Oh, my God. And I was just like internally screaming loudly, but quietly on the phone, on the train. And like crying. And then she was just like, who's that? Who's, who's that one? And I was because she's in Barbara and she don't, know, she don't know none of these English bands, nothing. She was like, who's that one? And I was like, mum, that band, which I literally have been talking about every single day since I was like nine years old like come on and then she'd be like oh the, the ones that sing um yellow that that one and i was like yes that, <laughs> that, the band which i'm like always posting on facebook all the time that i've relentlessly yeah. played to you and she's like oh so so let me see so obviously she starts googling them realizes they're like the biggest band like ever and then she's like oh wow well done rachel this is Aww. so great but i love how she's just very like yeah what's going on she just will ask later questions yeah. later but she's like congrats yeah don't know what's Encouraging, going on but like, yeah. yeah that's quite nice and grounding though yeah it is i was just yeah completely shocked and i i think that entire week i was just like oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> like the entire week what is it about coldplay do you think that you connect oh with my so god much? they're just all my husbands i love all of them so much and i just think they're such good people i mean i've never met them but i'm gonna assume <laughs> i'm gonna assume and what from what i've heard they're lovely people yeah i haven't actually heard many bad things yeah about, i like... never hear bad things about them it seems like they mind their business and they mm. write their little songs and i think i like simple songs songs that have to mm. make me work hard to figure out what they're about i struggle with right. but they're just so i don't say simple but simple can be really good sometimes yeah simple can be really simple good. can be really good and it's just the melodies and yeah i don't know the explosions of color as well i just mm. it's like you listen to charlie brown which kind of sounds super sad but then it's explosions of color so it's like it's kind of like euphoric i just mm. i just love all of that about them and they can never do wrong in my eyes 
Do you think um, you've taken something from them into your music? 100%. 100%. I think the simplicity... Like, So My Darling, I'd say, is not in, inspired by them, but I think there was a period of time with, like, Four Degrees of Winter, I was trying to be too complex mm. with my writing. Not too complex, because I still loved it and, and and stuff. The, the simplicity and the storytelling sometimes, but singing mm. it in the right melody is, like what I've realised is most effective to connect to people. Mm. And so my darling is just very clear. Like in the writing it's just very clear what it is yeah. and who you're approaching it to. Um and Coldplay is, is that for me. So so yeah, they've definitely influenced me a massive amount. And hopefully will influence your wedded future. Yeah. <laughs> our, our wedding in unison. I've planned it out. <laughs> Well, th- they won't perform though. You know, I gotta give them all a break. Okay, so, yeah, that's so, fair. Yeah, they yeah. can have that one night off. They can have the the night off. Yeah. Let's hope the speech though is in song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they better have written me an yeah. entire, actually not just like, an album. Album, yeah. An album. I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you picked a song for your present. Yeah. What did you pick for this? Holly Humberston, Haunted it? House. Oh my God, Holly Humberston, she's killing me. She had me devastated. I was um. She's smashing it. She's at, first of all, she's smashing it. She's on mm. tour with God in Red, who's like incredible mm. as well. Um, but it's like I'd heard bits of because we both got nominated for the Eye for the Novellas last year. So obviously, like you know, search up the people who you're yeah, yeah, yeah. you're nominated with. And I remember listening to her singing, and I literally was like, "What on earth is this? Like, mm. this is incredible!" And then Haunted House played. And I honestly, I listened to it like I think I discovered that maybe a month ago, and I've not stopped listening to it since. It was just so ghostly, mm. and it, I think it represents my current situation. Like I don't live in my family home, I can't go back to my family home, and she's talking about moving from her yeah, you know, yeah. family home. And there's just this safety, especially if you're a kid who's grown up in one house yeah. your whole life. I know some kids have like moved house multiple times, but I was someone who lived in one house from the age of two till I was, you know. So your sense it, of home is like very is just strongly this, connected yeah. with there. And it's just this one unit where it's like, yeah. if anything in the world goes wrong, it's, there's just this house that yeah. I know I can go back to, which is like a safety net. And that's kind of been like taken from me. So, mm. well, not taken from me, it's so dramatic. But, <laughs> uh, but my parents just moved back to Africa. So it's just right. like, that's not really there for me yeah. to go to. Yeah, but it's now like I have to try and find that safe that safe space for myself. And when you're renting, it's just I've moved so many times and rent in and all that. I just I hate it so much. So yeah, it is. That must be really hard actually. Yeah. Like that sense of like belonging somewhere mm-hmm. is kind of yeah. gone. And you and I had this recently actually. Not the same, but my mum moved to Wales. <laughs> <laughs> Wales is still <laughs> up there. Okay. It still takes me like six hours to drive there. Oh gosh, no, yeah, that's long. But like, um, I I have that thing. It's like it's not it's not that you need it, but it's just that you know it's there. Like mm-hmm. if you need to just suddenly go home, like if you have a breakdown you and you need somewhere. to just want to go home really quickly, mm-hmm. but you can't. Yeah. And it's that there is that sort of unnerving kind of, feeling. Feel exposed. Yeah. Kind of, and it's kind of like right, I have to make it work because if I don't then there's literally nothing I can do. Unless yeah. I fly back to Zimbabwe, there's nothing I can do. And I don't want to do that because of the circumstances I'm in in my current life. And mm. I can't work from Zim. Zim is a beautiful, beautiful country. But it's just like, 
having that was great even if people like argue with their family etc you still have somewhere or something to be like if anything goes wrong i have this thing and now it's like i don't yeah i'm like no that's really that is really tough and really scary but it sounds like from what you were saying like i know this is a really cliche thing to say but like you can kind of choose the people around you mm-hmm. to be your family exactly like be your family here mm-hmm. and be your home and i guess home is really just like a concept yeah isn't it? home is a concept and my team is like my home because even when mm. I'm, I'm having a breakdown it's funny i go to my team first i'll literally go to my manager mm. and be like and then i'll be like oh yeah hi sisters yeah. um <laughs> let me tell you what's going on in my lap i'm yeah. having an absolute mare but it's like my, especially Amber, she's like become like the person who I'm like super attached with. Yeah. And my team, I just, if I need anything, they'll just drop anything to, to help me out in any way that they can. So, so yeah, it's just finding that home, that mm. place you call home. And music is hard because, especially this year, I went to LA this year. I hate aeroplanes. Do you? Hate aeroplanes. Like fright. I have I have an absolute fear of just I don't understand the science I get it but I don't yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. it doesn't make sense that this very heavy well, object goes in the sky and now we're floating in a cylinder of metal and we can breathe and I'm just meant to accept that like I like I don't like not knowing we'll how say like work. when you're looking at the clouds and you're like I can't yeah. believe I'm in a cloud yeah. <laughs> and I'm like oh I could jump and land in that and I'm like actually no I can't so I'm well, like, like you'd bounce. yeah I'm like oh I'll bounce off this cloud no you're gonna go straight <laughs> through and hit the ground so I'm like it, the science behind that I just don't like that <laughs> trains I love a long train oh, trains, trains are great trains are very safe and I get airplanes are safe everyone's like oh but, but I'm like I don't care mm. we shouldn't be this high off the ground <laughs> yeah we just should not be it's just you know it really fucks my ears as well yeah it really hurts I just hate airplanes so now you know the busier you get as an artist you can be flying left back right center and i'm someone who i have to get over it but i like to be settled in one place so Mm. even with that i'm going back to la again in may and then i'm going to malta and then i'm probably going to zim and then next year hopefully it's like fingers crossed more flights but i'm like no i want to stay in my house with my bunny and be settled i know it's it's but you can't it's interesting isn't it because yeah it it sounds so glamorous like going to all these amazing places and Mm -hmm. yeah i'm sure a lot of the time it is and it's Mm -hmm. great fun but there is something about being rooted somewhere for a little Mm -hmm. while and just like getting settled and yeah and feeling like that is your space like even mm-hmm. silly things like just having all your clothes around you it's living it's the living out of a suitcase yeah and it's, it's like that. you've got half your stuff but the rest of the stuff's at home so now you gotta buy other stuff out it's just the the whole living out of a suitcase it just doesn't really even feel like you belong there and no. then you're like shifting to the and next place like, and it's mess everywhere because you're yeah. having to like throw everything <laughs> yeah. out to find like one pair of pants yeah. <laughs> and we like moved i think three times when we we're in la because we got we extended the trip but because it was like near super bowl time and stuff mm. airbnbs weren't doing you know long long leaps of time but it's like it's when it's like you're out the house loved it i love the people you love going to the events etc but think after an event where you're like i just want to go home and be settled Mm. you're going back to a place where it's like this is just a vessel and it's just a shell you have like no family and you're like couldn't imagine doing that by myself but a lot of artists a lot of artists do it by themselves but luckily me and my manager are like literally best friends so we'll be like we'll share a room we'll do this together but yeah some artists literally go off by themselves and i'm like i'm I would lose my mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't do that. I'm very, yeah. I'm very needy. <laughs> yeah. 
I have demands. <laughs> it, it's also, mm-hmm. I feel like if you binge on being around people, mm-hmm. like if you go for a weekend with your friends or something, mm-hmm. and you come away and you're like, oh no, <laughs> I, I feel so alone. Yeah, I'm starting to get into the space of enjoying my own company in mm. a healthy way. I don't think I had that before. Now I've got a, a much healthier, you know, thank you, Amy, therapist. Um, I now have a yep. healthy way of being by myself. And it's like, you enjoy being by yourself, but even if you're... I think by yourself traveling versus by yourself like in a flat in London is just yeah, yeah, different. Yeah. It's Definitely. just so different. And also, if you're having amazing experiences and you can't like share, share that them, with someone, yeah. it's like you see something, you're like, ah, oh, this was yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> anyone else here? No? Rachel's okay. looking around, but anyway. no, anyone else like that? No. Okay. Okay. Sure thing. You see something, saying you're like, whoa, friend. Yeah. Anyone who saw that? No. Okay. Just like some random stranger. And then I kind of hate phones as well. Like, see when everything's like recorded uh, yeah. in a way. So it's kind of like you see this moment, and subconsciously I'm like, yeah, yeah. better share that. Yeah. Get to take a picture of that, but now I'm like, oh, let me get out. Just of that. Sit and enjoy it on my own. Yeah. yeah. So I'm getting used to that now. I want to come back to four in winter. <gasps> yes. Beautiful. Thank beautiful you. Piece of work. Thank you so much. And you've said that it's your most vulnerable piece of work mm-hmm. to date. Yeah. Why is that? Well, that's going to change when the super comes out. But <laughs> <laughs> today, but, but to date, yeah, um, yeah, I think it's because I exposed myself, especially in this industry. Mm. I think um, you know how well your stuff will be received if you know you make a bit more of like a pop song. You know, more yeah, people yeah, listen. Yeah. But if you go a bit more wonky and left, it's you know, it when you make wonky alternative music, yeah. Um, there's more emotional work you put into it mm. because you know with for example pop song i say i do indie alternative pop yeah. so i kind of branch between the three so yeah. when i make a pop song it's like okay chorus first this these chords for that this one and the way it's made yeah. you just need something to make the right ambience for it mm. and then you write your lyrics and it's all done but when you make wonky stuff it's like even the bass in it i'm kind of like i'm putting this bass here because i want it to feel like i'm devastated after yeah. this word and these sounds this is what my brain is thinking it's, it becomes really personal to the sounds that's mm. why every time i say that ep i'm like get good headphones and listen because i want to like transcend you into the place i was in and then the stuff you've I was got a very about. distinct sound oh thank you very much and your voice is so delicate and beautiful Thanks. but has this kind of gravity to it thank you very much no. oh my gosh stop <laughs> wow. like, stop it. i'm like stop it no tell me more stop. no but i i yeah i think what you're saying about how you design the instrumentation to mm-hmm. move around what you were saying is really mm-hmm. interesting and dan uh he'll knew daniel who i work with with everything and ollie baston like even the process of making it for like plain jane is my favorite on there mm. but it's like even the process of making it and and singing it into the microphone it's like the energy i was putting into it hopefully people receive it in yeah. that way but it's like the emotion and the work that got put into that was just it was it was a lot yeah it was a lot wasn't enough to move you Was it heavy making it? I feel like I'm not very good at showing emotion in the studio. I've cried in the studio one time. But mm. my friend Dan, I think Dan gets me the most when it comes to that stuff. It's like I say stuff very nonchalant, but internally I'm like, this is devastating. I think I'm very blank faced. Mm. Yeah, I'm either very blank faced or I'm like all yeah, full blown yeah, yeah. emotion. Um, and it's like when probably when I was writing the songs I was more emotional and yeah. probably not emotional in the studio it's more like I get home and I'm like 
today was a lot. My yeah. housemate who I've lived with for two years, she's seen me come home some days Drained. and she'll be like, hey. <laughs> and I'm like in a mood like, oh. Mm. Yeah. but it's because I've just had a heavy day but well, it's in- like I guess you have to open these boxes that you kind of shut yeah basically artists are just getting all the trauma out in a tune and then we go and sing it really happy on stage and yeah. we're like woohoo and everyone's like yeah and it's yeah. like trauma bonding yeah because like, there's strange. some pretty heavy stuff in this EP. yeah and when you're I guess when you're in the studio and people hear your kind of words for the first time mm-hmm. do you do you feel self-conscious around that are you quite happy oh to be i've got i've got straight over i do the whole get a grip thing like right every keep telling yourself yeah that. i keep telling myself get a grip because one i could do with your voice in my head <laughs> i'm like get a grip get a fucking grip get a grip and my manager's also very like love you rachel we're sad get a grip as well <laughs> we're, we're both exactly the same in that yeah. sense so we can feel emotion but then it's like right yeah. what's the solution and when the solution is not getting done quick we're both like mm. we actually don't have the time or it's sad to think of it that way but we don't have time to wallow yeah and wallowing just it it just i've seen the cycle it does for me it will be mm. one day of sadness and then the next thing the entire week i'm not getting my stuff done i'm yeah. not handling things and then the next thing next week I've got a massive load of work to do because I was wallowing and now I'm stressed out this mm. week. It's just, it's so not worth it. And I'm just like, if I want that to happen, I can sit here and cry about it and bitch about it or sort it out, get a solution. There's people here to help me. I know when people say, we can help you, just ask. When people say that, they genuinely mean it and you should genuinely take it. It'll yeah. Be, people genuinely just need to take that on board because now I, I literally all the time, I'm like, hey, I need help please yeah. someone help me and it and it will work out a lot better yeah and help is run. one of the bravest things to say yeah exactly we all need help sometimes and it's better to address something first before it hits worst case scenario I'm still working on it but i've done a, a lot better yeah that, than my past so that's yeah. so good to hear yeah. you've talked a lot before you've mentioned it earlier in this podcast about empathy oh, and having God. a lot of empathy I've, I've got too much girl you want yeah, some? Me, you no, some I've got too much oh, as well. Got, all I right, we need to throw it out there. <laughs> but I was going to ask you, because I think empathy can be a bit of a curse sometimes. Oh, it is. It's it obviously, is. it's a beautiful thing in some ways, but also it's it's quite traumatic. And I yep. sometimes get frustrated at mm-hmm. how much everything upsets me and mm-hmm. how I can't just, you know, yeah. switch off from it. If you could get rid of it, would mm-hmm. you? No. No. If I got rid of empathy, I wouldn't have a single song right now. <laughs> I would actually not have a career at all. <laughs> Storm yeah. would not be getting fed. The house would not be getting paid for. No, mm. I've, I've got to have empathy. But it's not in the sense of, oh, I need empathy because I need to make music to make money. Like, no, it's like, I feel like if I don't have empathy, I'll be very soulless as a yeah. person. And I know empathy and sympathy are different. It's so weird because I was having a conversation about this yesterday. Ooh. And I'm like, I feel like my sympathy is low, but my empathy is extreme and I don't have a, a balance. Yeah, well, that two. makes sense because if, kind of, if you're saying like, you're very like, get a grip, get a grip, yeah. like that kind of works for the sympathy yeah. thing. I'm always like, like, oh my gosh, I feel so awful for this person. Cool, let's find a solution. Yeah. And then once you've ranted all your emotions to me yeah. if you keep going on about it yeah. i'm gonna be like i don't feel bad anymore yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. it's not because i don't feel bad it's more like we need to get out of this action i can action, understand action. how you're feeling yeah. right let's take it but, on yeah. and then when people are like no my therapist said rachel that's what you are you're a fixer yeah you just mm. like to rather than just sit and wallow you don't really have the time to deal with it which is bad because sometimes i wouldn't even let myself cry because i'm like 
don't cry sort it out because mm. you need to sort it out so i think that's that's where i am but then empathy is what makes me an emotive writer because i i feel like i feel when someone tells me their story some people feel like they're talking for ages but i can honestly sit and listen to someone talk for like an hour yeah or i can listen to like 20 minute voice notes people are like oh that's long but i'm like i'll literally sit and listen like it's yeah. a podcast and i'll like i feel like i can understand every single part that anyone is going through so yeah when my friends go through something they're like speak to rachel and i'll sit there and i'll just be like okay that's a beautiful tell thing me what's going on. i mean I, I picked up on it even when you came in when you were saying about how your ep is about this breakup yeah and then you're like but he's going through a hard time or he was yeah. going through a hard time like instantly yeah thinking about the other person again in the situation. Him. but this is it <laughs> this is what empathy does it means that yeah. you're like can be mad at someone break yeah. up with them and then you suddenly feel sorry for them yeah you're like, for God's sake. and that's kind of what it was because i felt so bad for him for so long but then after like even after five years i was like you're still in this state and mm. i'm trying everything mm. I, like five years is a long time and i'm yeah. like i have tried every avenue to try and help you and it's got to a point where i feel like you're taking the piss because you're not even listening yeah. to the advice and there's a difference between listening to the advice the advice and trying it but he wouldn't even try like yeah he wouldn't he just wouldn't really try he wouldn't put his all into it and then it was like yeah. letting it out on me and i was just like this is now no longer fair yeah at all. It's, it's very frustrating like because the empathy obviously gives you the need to want to help someone mm-hmm. and care so much about mm-hmm. it but you can only help someone yeah. who want to help and then it ends up being me becoming an enabler to yeah. someone because they'll always know that within all their behavior no matter how bad mm. it is etc there will just be this one person who won't leave yeah and then when i did leave it was like whoa yeah. i didn't even know i didn't even expect myself to but it's like i feel that's so, it because you yeah. you're so busy making sure someone else is okay yeah. that you forget to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and and i felt and i still do sometimes feel like really bad for him because i understand him mm-hmm. and i and i know what he's going through and i know his heart is very pure he's a mm-hmm. very very pure hearted boy that's one thing i can't deny him yeah but i'm like get a grip it's been a long time but you you also can't be like that when someone is going through super sad times because when i was going through my saddest times my mum probably saw it for years and years and she'll try that get a grip of her you you can't you can't you have to figure it out for yourself and when it clicked in my head that one day Mm. when it was like there are solutions some people they never get yeah it was strange the day it clicked i I remember it so clearly that just clicked like Mm. just get up and do everything that everyone is telling you to do and i probably pissed off so many people who i didn't listen to for years but thank god for me probably because of the circumstances i've been in i'm very lucky the circumstances i've been in that i've had the opportunity to go therapy and then it finally Mm. clicks but some people never get that and he hasn't got yeah. that yet so i'm like okay let's go our separate ways i'll still support you from a distance because i've tried it full on yeah. for years but if you do get to that stage hopefully it will click give him solutions but until then i, I can't do it i literally can't yeah. so it's self-protection I've gotta protect myself yeah <laughs> you have gotta, gotta protect you have, gotta honey. do what you gotta do <laughs> exactly Obviously, recently you've spoken before about the unconscious bias that people oh, girl, have yeah. been putting on your music, <laughs> which is just bloody annoying. Fun, fun, yeah. Fun, huh? yeah. So obviously, you were saying that people have often branded your music as like R and B. Oh gosh, I googled myself one time. I saw hip hop. I was like, I've had <laughs> enough. 
I have had enough. I was like, you're taking the piss now. I literally read that. I was like, you must be joking when I saw that. I was like, you know what? No, oh yeah, it must be so frustrating. See that meme, Pepe the Frog? And he's like holding the gun. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I do. yeah, and it's like all blurry and stuff. I think I hit that point and then I made the points. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what what was there a final, like, kind of thing that made you just come out and speak about that? I'm so glad you did. I think it's so necessary. Thanks. I think it's because um, my team is, you know, I do indie music. I work with a lot of people who are white. I work with a lot of English people. Mm. But, you you know, you work with a, a large... You What's that I'm trying to say? You work with a lot of different ethnicities, people from different backgrounds, yeah. etc. especially in London. But the indie music scene, people generally, quote-unquote, say that it's very white. Yeah. So the people I, I work with, a lot of white people, etc. But when I listened and grew up to this music, I never saw race when yeah. I was listening to music i wouldn't listen to a song and be like oh my gosh that's a white person or oh my gosh it's a black person or this is an asian person i just listen to it and be like that's so cool then you see their look and like this looks so cool i never would be like i wonder where they're from it was yeah. just kind of like i get where their music and pain is from so when i started in the industry i would just assumed people would take my music in yeah. the same way like oh my gosh i hear her pain in her songs and oh, she looks kind of cool and she's yeah. a Brit school kid and she likes to wear colourful things. It's that, that's how I've always absorbed music. But then when you start doing it, I was so confused when articles would come out and they'll be like, oh, R&B, and they'll be like Erica Badu and Lauren Hill. And I was like, what? No. hold on. I was like, the first time I listened to Lauren Hill, I'd, obviously you know her, the hits, yeah, you know yeah, the yeah, classics yeah, yeah, from yeah. them. But first time I'd listened to their projects, I was like 19. Yeah. And people be like, maybe you should start saying these are your influences. I'm like, well, that, that's just a lie. I was like, yeah. that's just a lie. Their music's amazing, amazing, amazing albums, it's but it's not, not it's not the music I make. I like, yeah. yeah, I like daughter. I like indie mm. songs. I like the neighborhood. I like you know yeah. all these, all these you know indie alternative things. Um, so it, it was just when you've been doing it for like five or so years. And it's like your music is so distinctively not R and B, and it is not quote unquote old hip hop. Like I don't even know how you correlate so my darling to to like Fifty Cent. Like it, they just don't even cross paths at all. <laughs> it's like you wouldn't play my songs after playing Usher or Brandy <laughs> in the club. They're fantastic artists. I love their music, but like the classic R&Bs yeah. you wouldn't then play my little dainty guitar songs straight after that yeah. but then all the playlisting I was getting was was those like you'd listen to those playlists I'm like even I don't want to listen to them because yeah, it's like you're yeah. looking for R&B then I'm hearing alternative artists you're hearing indie singing and all this and then you but look at it also at, disadvantages you yeah because it means that the people that are listening to indie music aren't then finding yeah, your music exactly. and the people who listen to R&B are finding yours but it might not be like their genre exactly so it's like you're listening to that and then I started clicking on the playlist. I was like, what? why did the playlist sound like this? You click on it, you realise everyone's black. You're like, oh, okay. Well, this is clearly a thing. And you start to try and speak up. I spoke, my team are very aware that this would be the case. My manager told yeah, me yeah. this would be the case, but he'll try his hardest to get me out of it. And he's That's always... That's so shit, though. That's yeah. a known thing. It's a known thing. And he's spoken to me even before he worked with me. He was like, just know, it's going to be people will try and throw you an R&B before they even you know give you a chance sort of thing um 
and my team always in meetings they're always like rachel's not r&b and this and this and it's always behind the scenes it's always oh should i speak about it well okay well yeah, let's just yeah. keep it like this but make sure when you go out you speak about you know r&b and like it's just like mm. all of this behind the scenes stuff it was just so frustrating and i get that behind the scenes you're trying to do something but people act very ignorant until they're called out yeah, it's yeah. one thing you notice and i was just kind of like why am i gonna sit here for another what three four five years and keep getting grouped in this pocket and i have to be the one who has empathy and sympathy because really it's so fucking annoying mm. i should be the one who's like fuck you guys you know yeah, yeah. this is racist this yeah, is straight yeah. it's not even uncle it's straight racism at this point yeah for why so should many you artists sympathize but then tiptoe around right but yeah. then if i was to do that i'm the bad person now mm. i'm now the person who is like oh well if you say that to xyz then they're not gonna put you in this and that and that and so it's like oh so what happened to the black squares in 2020 where everyone was doing blm all this we want to listen to artists and then i'm trying to come forward behind the scenes but everyone's just kind of like oh you know just just be grateful for where you're bit and i was just kind of like i get it and luckily there was there were improvements but it's just it's not enough yeah and it doesn't make sense why we have to go at such a slow pace because you're trying to be have etiquette and yeah. this and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't think it should be seen as rude or disrespectful to speak up and say, hi, this is not what I do and it is actually racist and unconscious bias to group yeah. someone who is black who makes indie guitar songs in a category that is predominantly dominated by black people. And you see people like Masterpiece and etc. And it's like he was getting called grime at one point and i'm like his mm. songs are like got my eyes on you got my eyes on like yeah it just it's just like why can't we it's more like we're not saying things because you feel uncomfortable yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. being called yeah. something and but i'm being made out to be the bad person when you're doing the bad thing and i was like let me just throw this online and if it ruins my career it ruins my career but i cannot sit and carry on watching this happen respect for like Um, doing that i mean it's it's annoying that it has to be on you to do that but like i think that must have had a huge impact that got shared i was shocked didn't it i I was shocked i was like okay i did a good thing okay so good but also the fact that you were like well if this room's like that's so brave and i think it's because even the way i wrote it out i was never gonna be like fuck this person (laughs) and get rid of that and you're disrespectful because i also understand how unconscious bias Mm. is something that needs to be unlearned yeah and i think i'm one of the people who um because i was raised in a predominantly white area and i went to a very racist first school and then i Mm. moved to a second school that's the reason i moved to school it's yeah it's horrible but when i was like young i was between 11 and 13 and these kids were being super racist but then i left the school and went to a school which predominantly black and caribbean and stuff and then i just there was a time when i was like 21 i was kind of like them racist kids carried on staying in that school where all the black people left yeah and i had to move because it it was like you're not going to protect me so i need to leave the space the school when i left i think there was maybe only one black kid left in the entire school in a very white neighborhood and then i'm like and then these kids are going to go to like their next colleges which are Mm. also only white and then the first time these kids are going to integrate with other people will probably be university and sometimes they'll end up going to super white universities and then after that you're thrown into the real world 
and then I'm thinking they're never gonna have an opportunity to unlearn these things yeah. and then those are the people we work with that's obviously not all of them yeah, yeah, but yeah. then when you start working for companies some people have come from them closed-minded areas and some of them genuinely it seems ridiculous but they genuinely do not understand when they are being unconsciously mm. biased because sometimes they're genuinely curious but it's like that is offensive yeah. and I feel like only because I managed to see that inside say empathy i'm like oh i feel bad for these kids who literally <laughs> bullied me but i'm like because i've seen that side and you know, how there's strong so, empathy that is yeah, <laughs> that's very strong empathy. but because i've seen that closed-mindedness and lived in it mm. and then now i'm out of it when i've had people who've tried to ask me things and they're like i just don't want to like, get cancelled this i'm like okay ask me and if it is offensive i'll tell you it's offensive but i'm not the person who's going to go online and be like this person said yeah because i'm going to educate you if you keep doing it after that it's a different case yeah but then now it's like ignorance. it's ignorance yeah. now but then i i think it was just like let me just say it out loud i'm not going to be horrible it's not rude to say stop being racist i should i should no never, it's not <laughs> i shouldn't feel like it's that's the case and i was just like let me just have faith in humanity and the people around me i showed my managers before i put it out and i was like let me just have some faith in the world that if i put this out it will be received mm. in the way that i genuinely mean for it to be received i'm not trying to get onto anyone i'm not trying to throw people under the bus I just want there to be open and honest conversations, even if I can go into these institutions and just be like, listen, this is why it's happening. And what it's not that I want to fight you. Yeah. Yes, it's sad that this has been happening to me for four or five years, but I am more than open to have the conversations and work on changing that so it doesn't happen again. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. And it's worked out great. Honestly. So it worked out fantastically. It's so good, and like I bet there's so many kind of young artists that yeah. are now like thankful that you've done that. I so got not... so many messages. Did I was, you? Sh- I I was actually shocked how many messages from, especially artists as well, because obviously I'm black, and there's I follow a lot of black artists who are you know on the wonky yeah. old indie sort of realm and yeah i just spoke to so many people and people started speaking out and i was like come on guys we've got this that's so good that like you've encouraged yeah it's amazing yeah it's amazing when like one person says something and then everyone's like yes thank thank fuck (laughs) and it was weird because people were like oh my gosh this is something which has been spoken about behind the scenes i'm like oh so we're all speaking about it behind the scenes it's not just me speaking about it everyone's speaking about it behind the scenes and then just no one is going across each other because it's like this like secret like no we all know but well done like it was it was just so strange so have you noticed a difference in the way 100% really 100% that's amazing yeah I think um it's weird because um it's not really Spotify but Spotify have actually been incredible Mm -hmm. from a very long time ago so that's why I'm always like whoop Spotify, yeah, yeah. Team Spotify. I'm like, yeah, Spotify. Um, but obviously, I love all the streaming services. Yeah, I love, I love all, I love all the streaming <laughs> services. <laughs> but it's like, um, yeah, there's, there's just, um, like, even with, I use Spotify as an example because Spotify have always been supportive and allowed me to speak about these things in a way. But doing that post, obviously, yeah. just catapulted it and they've just always been like we're rooting for you we understand what you're trying to do keep going keep fighting and even all the other everyone who we work with that's why i think at the bottom of my post i was kind of like um i've spoken up about this before and people understand because people were getting it Mm. but it's been a painful process to get there like really slow it's just been really slow and there's still some things where people say and i'm just kind of like oh this Mm. is getting a bit stressful now. 
um but yeah it's like everyone was just like we're rooting for you we're behind you we understand we get it don't worry just keep doing your thing and it's very support it's lovely when you hear not just your managers being like just be yourself but when everyone is like just be yourself and will support you being yourself it's just been very like heartwarming and then at that same time my tiktok started blowing up with all my songs blowing up and then all i ever ask comes out and then everything's blown up with that so i'm like right so it's kind of like perfect timing yeah. and it's like me just being 100 percent myself with no filter no no nothing so yeah oh the most rewarding thing when you're completely authentic yeah and that is what pays off yeah it's like i hated speaking to people and they're like oh rachel's such a soulstress and i'm like <laughs> and it's like you don't say anything because this is like an important person but then i also should be able to be like i'm not without yeah. looking like a diva i think yeah. my brain is like oh i don't want to look like a diva i don't want to look yeah, like this yeah. but you shouldn't look like one because someone is literally being unconsciously biased mm. and that is a form of racism so yeah so yeah <laughs> what song did you choose for the feature um i believe it was etta marcus salt lake city etta marcus is the absolute queen i'm rooting for her aggressively with all all my aggression is going to go into promoting etta marcus for the rest of my life (laughs) joseph picked her on his podcast did he actually oh yeah she's she's got the artist behind her she's got the artist behind her i think it's because she's like little baby Mm. she's just like she's like fresh brick kid and i remember being like that young and even like speaking to her did a session with her and dan we didn't even make anything we actually spoke the entire two days we just sat (laughs) and and joked and laughed and it's like her first ep thing and stuff she's in very like good hands which is like me i was in very good hands from the beginning so i'm like right you're already on a good starting ground but then because i know how this industry is and how the people are and how you have to be so strong-minded with what you want and don't let people change who you are and change your sound etc and she's got a very good head on her shoulders and i i just like oh she doesn't like need protection but i'm like I want to make sure that no one ever tries my girl <laughs> no one ever tries her because she's just her music is so pure and oh, she it's beautiful it's beautiful and the fact that people connect with it that much from the get-go of how pure it is i just don't want her to start being like labels being like oh let's try and make you pop no, let's try no, and do no, this no, no, and, no, and i just you. don't want her to get ever feel pressure from that even though she can say no sometimes Mm. the pressure is so much you're you just start saying yes yeah but i'm like i just want her to stay as pure as she is and as gorgeous and as lovely as she is yeah she's sweet and just yeah it's she's just incredible which song was it that you picked up as again salt lake city City. why this song because it correlated to the holly humberston song because she's like this town doesn't suit you yeah town doesn't suit me this is one with matt Monty. yeah a new life in salt lake city and i was just like <laughs> it's not even my best thing i was like oh, a, little bit, <laughs> a little bit rusty there but um but yeah that song about moving out somewhere after coming back from la i was like is london really where i want to be mm. i was like i'm young i can always come back to london london is my home yeah um but also like zimbabwe is my home culturally yeah. but then i like prefer london in a way but then i've been in london for 23 years i'm starting to lose the love for it could be because of the pandemic i think the pandemic had a massive influence um 
but then also the weather it's i love london people but the weather i was like if i could take everyone from london and then just drop them off in la i would like that's it. it it's the yeah. people around you're all here yeah. this is what i always have because every time i've got this thing at the moment i don't know if you get this every time i go somewhere new i'm like i want to move here <laughs> i think i would be great here i've only just started and being in the sunshine in la it's like you yeah. wake up all i'm seeing is palm trees yeah and all i'm seeing is hills and i can actually see the sky i walk outside and the sun hits me and i'm not wearing a bomber jacket <laughs> i can wear a skirt and a top and it's actually warm yeah um, and then the food options in America is, is ridiculous. I came back to Sainsbury's. I was bloody depressed. I was like, I was like, there's only one. The yeah. I was like, there's only one variant of guacamole here. Like, what, what is going on? Like, so LA, it, I, love I was it. like, where is the kombucha? Like, what, what's this shop is not serving me in my purpose um but then you forget yeah. that you can't have all your people yeah. in LA. it's like the people i was getting along with the most it's the mm. english people <laughs> but it's just because the banter and yeah. londoners love to complain but we know that it's like a joke as well at the yeah. same time so Sarcasm. we'll just all get together and be like oh fucking hell like this is this is shit in it and then we'll be like oh, of course we're complaining and of course we're drinking the most yeah. out of everyone everyone in la is like driving and not drinking and we're like ubers and alcohol yeah <laughs> so yeah i was just kind of like i could move i could live elsewhere mm. and because i don't know where i want to settle and because i'm 23 i'm like i could do a year in la and yeah. then i could do a year in new york and then i could do a year somewhere else. like luckily my job gives me the luxury of you don't have to be in a distinct place because even if i move there i'll still be traveling anyways yeah. probably still be in and out of london and paris and all these other places anyway so artists travel so much that kind of doesn't matter yeah where you where you decide to reside and i'm like until i want to actually settle which will probably be my 30s why don't i just move i already feel unsettled i can't find a home Mm. can't figure out my home so why am i sitting somewhere where it's cold i might as well go somewhere else those out on the cards then do you reckon maybe a move 100 percent. exciting 100 percent. i don't know where salt lake city Salt Lake City. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's where I need to be. Yeah. Maybe that's the place I need to be. But yeah, I'm just kind of like, do like six months in there. Like I get, I now get why people travel. Yeah. It's just I need to get over my fear of planes because <laughs> yeah. I hate aeroplanes. This podcast, as you know, is supported by the Great Escape Festival. Yes. So how does it feel to be playing the Great Escape? Oh my gosh, my home. I love Great Escape. It's funny because before doing music i'd actually never been to a festival and really yeah and i hadn't really gone been to gigs my mum was very like no festivals (laughs) no late nights you have a curfew she was lovely but she was just like and then um so i never really i'd never gone to festivals hadn't been to barely any gigs and then the first time i went to festivals i was performing at them that's mad that that was your first experience my first experience was my first experience was working at them so it's my, even now my experience is weird because that was 2019 when i did my first festival stretch and then i was like this is so great but i'd love to see the other side so 2020 i'm gonna go to all the festivals and experience them maybe go camping that didn't happen um because pandemic mm. but it's like great escape i went to great escape and the crowd was enormous it was strange because it's like i was selling out my small little gigs and then you go on stage and sometimes there's literally literally like two people there and then within the 10 minute of you sound checking the entire space is just full of people all the way to the back and that's where i like found my publisher that's where i found 
so many people I'm still friends with now. My lawyer came. All the it's like where I first met a group of people who were like, "You're so fun," and I was like, "You're so fun." And then you're going for drinks and you're dry. It was just Great Escape was incredible. So anytime Great Escape want me, I'm like, <laughs> I will be there. <laughs> anytime, anywhere you need me, I will be at the Great Escape because yeah, that experience for me. I think I was singing in a church first time oh wow it, amazing it was it's just incredible i, I loved great escape so it's my first yeah. time i'm so you're excited. gonna love it you gotta come hang out with I me i will i will 100 okay. percent. we'll hang out together. i'm really excited yeah because i love Brighton as well so just yeah come and like everyone's telling me how good it is now everyone mm-hmm. just like meets loads of people you meet so like, many people is there anyone from the lineup that you're particularly excited for i'm just going for vibes <laughs> i'm like <laughs> See, i'm yeah. like good vibes yeah yeah i just i kind of like <laughs> i just i don't know every time i've gone to festival because i've only gone for work so sometimes mm. it's like you'll do your set and it's like oh you have to leave or you like yeah, yeah, yeah. get there early and because i've figured out how to sort out my stage fright sometimes i just like to sit for like a couple hours but it's like you'll walk around and then i'm just kind of like whoever you discover i like this i think it's the yeah. discovery of people and the great escape's obviously so good for that yeah and it's not the pre-meditated meditated is that what i'm trying to say like oh this person's here check out their stuff before yeah. i'm kind of like let me see it live and then i'll decide yeah and yeah. then i can decide so yeah i think when i get there i'm just gonna float have around have a little wander around have a little wander around we have to come down to the vocal girls stage I'll, absolutely i'll Friday. be down i told you wherever you want me <laughs> i'll be there <laughs> i'll be right by your this. side <laughs> okay so i ask everyone at the end of this podcast big question if you could change one thing about the future oh god what would it be more women in power yeah i think that's the (laughs) that's the main thing a lot of my team has turned into being a lot of women and i'm like girls know what they're doing (laughs) and i love it and it's like a nice balance yeah i think there's a lot of ego you're seeing in guys obviously not all guys Mm -hmm. i work with a lot of guys who are very very lovely guys even cozy love cozy very very lovely guy but um yeah i think when you the difference of working with women women are just it's just different vibe different vibes Mm -hmm. um and i think we just need more women um of all ethnicities just in higher positions they just think women just think of the little things like even when you've gone to shoots when it's like mainly done by guys it's like oh i've got this for makeup oh no we don't think this oh do we have a steamer no we don't have this etc when when it's mainly done by like girls and stuff it's like the tiny dls they they think it through obviously some guys do think of those things but it's just with a girl you just 100 percent know that every single tiny dl will be completely covered and i love the organization (laughs) i love the organization yeah there is something like i i've enjoyed working with the the team at both girls so Mm -hmm. much like it's just it's so empowering to work alongside women as well Mm because i've talked before a lot about how there's this often like push for women to compete against each other Mm -hmm. and it's so nice when you all work together yeah it's like the best feeling in the world yeah and you get so much fucking done and i think yeah <laughs> you get so much done hyper organized and it's like because i'm not saying girls are more emotional but you are able to have the emotional conversations mm. with understanding that you're not attacking someone those yeah, conversations yeah, yeah. go always so much better with girls yeah that i've noticed anyways yeah. so so yeah it's just i think more women in power um and good vibes 
I just keep what? seeing That's vibes. The, the perfect way to end the podcast. <laughs> like, and I'll see you at the Great Escape. And we'll see each other at the Great Escape. <laughs> With good vibes and more With women. good vibes <laughs> and more women. Exactly. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's been so fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to the brilliant Rachel. It was so much fun talking to her for the last episode of this special collaborative series with The Great Escape. And don't forget you can catch Rachel and all my other guests from this series playing over the festival weekend in May. And if you want to listen back to any episodes, they're all available from wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this series, then please do subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. And if you turn on notifications, then you'll get alerted to when I have new episodes out. If you'd like to find out more about what we do at Vocal Girls, we're at Vocal Girls Club on socials or vocalgirls.com and you'll find The Great Escape over at Great Escape Fest on socials or greatescapefestival.com. You've been listening to the Vocal Girls podcast. I've been your host, Megan Gray. Thank you so much for listening.